Hey, I'm Brandon. And I'm Hannah, and we're the pastors at New Community Church. Yeah, and it's our hope that this message inspires you to take your next steps in your faith journey with Jesus. Thanks for joining us today, and enjoy the message. Just to kind of kick things off for us, I want to start us with a question, which I think is a great one for all of us to, to ask ourselves. Have you ever lied in an attempt to assure someone that you can be trusted? I know, it's crazy. Uh, I got a job when I was a junior in high school at our town's uh, 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 ice cream shop. It was an awesome little spot, and uh, they, it, was a, it was a great gig. Got it my junior year, and part of the gig was that you got a free uh, like ice cream. They called it a, a milkshake, but it wasn't a milkshake because what they used, it was soft serve, but it was like this unique recipe of cream. I don't know. They took me to the place where they made it uh, to show me because they were very impressed. But it's a unique cream. It was very dense. It was very rich. And so your milkshake was more like a, a concrete or a blizzard. It was, it was so thick. And so one of the cool things about working there was that um, you got a free milkshake every time you worked there. So working there four days a week, uh, over a year, I gained 20 pounds. That was the best year of my, not my best year of my life, but it was a, yeah, it was a good year of my life. Uh, anyway, so, uh, so that, was, that was a great job for me. By the time I was a senior in high school, I was, uh, they trusted me enough to make me a shift manager. It came with a pin and everything. I'm joking. It was like a clip pin. Um, so the, the way it worked is as a shift manager, that meant they didn't have to come back when I was working at night and, and close with me. I just had to do it myself. And part of those responsibilities, you know, wiping down the counters and cleaning the machines and mopping the floors and everything, we also had to fill the machines with cream because it took like hours for it to take this really dense cream into, uh, turn that into uh, ice cream. And so what the way it came is it came in these two-gallon bags, soft bags with a kind of cap on top that you would pour over the back, in the back of the machine you, is where you pour it. And so one of these nights, it was a summer night, it was about 11 p.m., I had closed down the shop, I had wiped everything down, washed all the dishes, I had mopped the floors already, cleaned the machines, and my last step was to fill these machines with the cream. So I got this two-gallon soft bag, and I go to lift it. You know what's going to happen. I go to lift it over the back of the machine, and I miss the little hole, and it spills all down the back of that machine. And it goes all over the counters I had just cleaned. It goes all over the floors I had just mopped. And I thought, I had this thought kind of sneak into my head at that moment, 11 p.m., I thought, maybe, just maybe I could convince them that I didn't see it. <laughs> I thought, like, maybe I could tell them that before I, I clocked out and turned the lights out, the cream had not seeped out, and it was just an honest mistake. I had no idea, and when they got there the next morning, I could just, you know, kind of tell a story to make sure they will still trust me and not fire me, and I had that thought in that moment. You ever had a thought like that? You know, maybe not in at, a, at 11 p.m. in an ice cream shop, but just a moment where really here's what you chose. You thought you would try to save the opportunity to look good by not being good, you know? Like maybe I could kind of put the question this way. Have you ever compromised your integrity to protect your reputation as someone who has integrity? It's a great question. 
While you think about that, I do want to welcome you back. We're in a series we've called Dear Prudence, where we're looking at these things that God has given us, these these directions that God has given us that aren't always black and white. It's not just really, you know, what's right and what's wrong, but it's more about how do we make sure that we make decisions that lead us in a direction that we, where we really want to go where we intend to go. How do we make sure that the decisions I make today, again, not just the right and wrongs, but for the gray areas of life, how do I make sure I'm making the decisions that really don't end up ruining my future? They don't end up leading me and my family somewhere where I never intended us to go. They don't ruin my financial plans. They don't, they don't uh, take away those things from my life. How do I make sure that I don't end up getting to the end of my life And just seeing a path filled with regret. God cares about that. God cares about you and your life and your future so much so. He doesn't want to just save you from a life of regret. But what we say all the time, he wants to do so much more. He really wants to lead you into the life that you were made for. And part of that is giving us wisdom, giving us wisdom where we can really understand those decisions, those, so, those decisions that are so important that exist in the gray areas of your life and my life, that those decisions, we can know how to walk in the right ways to make sure that we end up where God always intended for us to be. That's really what this series is all about, and I think today the conversation we're having is so important because I believe while there are lots of decisions we can make and lots of things we can choose, today's conversation I think is maybe no more truer, the topic we're looking at is no more truer than this, it's a topic of integrity, integrity. And you already know, and I'm convinced of this, you know how important integrity is because you know that your personal integrity, or maybe my personal integrity, or my, the lack of it, it always impacts other people. Always impacts. And I'll just let you know something about me. I am very, um, I, I'm very, uh, what's the word, reserved when it comes to the words always and never. I just think sweeping statements don't help you and they don't help me. And, and honestly, you start arguing with me in my head, in your head, I'm sorry, not in my head, that would be awkward, that's another sermon. But there's, you start arguing with me instead of listening to what God wants to tell you. So here's, here's what I want you to know. I, I think this calls for it. I think this is one of those messages that it calls for. This is one of those statements that personal integrity or the lack thereof, it always uh, impacts your relationships and it always impacts your future. Your personal integrity today always has an impact on your future tomorrow. And and you know this, because I I just think about it. Have you ever tried to have a relationship with somebody who has no integrity, right? Have you ever tried to follow a boss who cannot be trusted? Or have you ever had a friend who you guys were close, and then they compromised their integrity, and it just changed the relationship forever? Like there was just a, a breach that it's like, man, I just, it's just not the same. Our relationship has been forever impacted because of that decision. Or have you ever been around people that, you know, they just, 
defend away and explain away all of their actions and all of their behaviors and all of their thoughts. I mean, it's so impossible to have a relationship with someone like that. You may work with somebody like that. You may go to school with somebody like that. Some of you who are about to be freshmen in college, you may have a roommate, unfortunately, like that. Maybe some of you live with someone like that. Well, on the flip side, think about this. What is it like or have you ever had a relationship with someone who when they mess up, they own up and they clean up? They're not perfect. They're not infallible. They just have integrity. It's a great thing to consider. And integrity is one of those things that's so important for you and for me to remember, what does it mean? What does it mean in my decisions that I choose integrity? Why is it so important? You know, I think something that's so incredible about integrity is this, that while I may excuse, you know, kind of excuse my own, I have sometimes I can excuse why I didn't choose integrity or why I chose to look good instead of be good. I can sometimes excuse that. I almost never will do that for you. I will always expect you to have integrity. Or I will always expect our, our leaders or our teachers, right? We expect uh, our, our, our spouses and our children, and we expect people. I mean, it's just kind of a universal expectation that you should know what's right and you should do what's right, whatever it costs you. That's, just, that's so universal that even thieves and even those who, who steal, that's a thief, even thieves and cheats, they do not expect to be cheated on or to be stolen from so universal. In fact, I would say that there's this kind of universal ought to, right? There's this universal ought to that we appeal to and that we hold others accountable to, and it kind of stands outside of us, and it kind of stands over us. In fact, it judges us, and it it convicts us, and it pushes down. It, 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 it gives pressure on our conscience in certain times when, you know, we don't know what's black and white. We don't always know, but in those gray areas, we can feel the pressure of this ought to pressing down on us, and we can't shake it. And we didn't create it, because if we did create it, if you did originate, you know, create this thing, we just get rid of it, because it's kind of inconvenient, you know? Like, there's times when it's like, that ought to, it just needs to leave, but you just can't make it leave, and there's something about that. And while I may, I may not always like it when it makes me feel guilty, I always like it when I can appeal to it, because you've wronged me. That's just something that's really interesting about this ought to. In fact, the Apostle Paul, who wrote over half of our New Testament, would write in his document, his letter to Roman Christians and let them know that this ought to was actually divine. It was from God. It was his divine law, not written in a book, but written on your heart. In other words, it was this divine sense that God put inside of you to lead you and to guide you into the way that God wants you to live, into the life that he has for you, that there's this divine ought to that's there, and it does. It stands outside of us, and it stands over us, and it convicts us, and it leads us. Even in the times, even in the times when it costs us, 
In fact, that's something that's so interesting about this ought to, is that there's times when it, it calls us and it invites us and it presses on us to do things that really don't benefit us. There's no benefit other than it's just the right thing. It's the sacrificial thing. It's the honorable thing, and we don't get anything out of it. That really is what integrity is all about, a great definition of integrity that we've been taught, something that and we teach our kids is this. Integrity is simply doing what you ought to, even if it costs you. Doing what you ought to, even if it costs you. That is integrity. And, and what all this implies is that if integrity is real, and, and it's not something you've made up or I've made up, that this integrity is actually grounded and founded in something that's more solid than, than your fluid opinions and my fluid opinions or even majority rule. It's grounded and founded in something that is divine, that holds us accountable, that applies to our decisions that we're making. And anytime, in fact, you may do this today, anytime that you, you choose to do something, let me say it this way, anytime you choose to, to not do something, oh, I should tell him, but I'm not going to. Man, I should call him, but I'm not going to do that today. Man, I should have that conversation, but anytime you have that, you actually are appealing to that divine law. And in the other way, on the other hand, any time that you or I, we choose what's best for another and it costs us, we're actually submitting to the rule of God in our life. Any time I choose what's best for you and it costs me, I'm reflecting the heart and the attitude of our Heavenly Father. That's what integrity is about. And that's why it's so important. And so if we know it, if we know that integrity is important, if we know that it impacts our future, if we understand how vital it is, how essential it is for the future health and depth and intimacy of our relationships and closeness, if we know those things, then how do you get it? And once you get it, how do you guard it? How do you keep it? And if you've lost it, how do you get it back? That's what I really believe we're going to find today as we look at this. And I hope you'll find that as we find this in, in the book that, that we've been looking at this whole month long. It's a book of Proverbs, and it really is going to speak to us about this. If you don't know anything about Proverbs, let me just catch you up for a minute. Proverbs is found in the first half of our scriptures, uh, first half of the Bible. It's a book filled with these Pithy little sayings, Proverbs is what we call them. It's crazy. Um, and there's over 800 in, of them in this book. And what they are, they're simple enough and easy enough for you to, to memorize, but they're powerful enough to change your life. If you will really take them to heart and let them lead you and guide you. And I believe today's, the one, this one we're looking at that speaks to this issue of integrity, I think it could change your life if you leaned in. If that's good, say bueno. Come on, come on, I like it. Looking at Proverbs chapter 11, verse 3, I want to invite you, if you've never memorized the proverb, you should start with this one. It says this, the integrity of the upright guides them. Guides them, it guides them. The integrity of the upright, it's, it's what guides them. It's their north star. 
Integrity is the filter through which they make all of their decisions. It's the, it's the thing that's pointing them in the right direction. It's what guides them. And what's really interesting, we're only a few words into this one, but it just kind of brings up a very uncomfortable question that I need to ask you and I need to ask me. What guides you? If the integrity of the upright, if, if what guides their decisions is their integrity, then, then what guides you? What guides you? Because there are lots of things that can guide us. Whether that's pleasure or profit or power, or maybe just we're just trying to prove him wrong or we're trying to prove her wrong. Or maybe what's guiding us sometimes is an appetite. An appetite. And while an appetite, a want, a desire is not inherently wrong, the thing about an appetite is it is never fully and finally satisfied. An appetite has a vocabulary of one word. What is it? You know it. More. That's right. More. And if that more is not kept in check, it will become something that guides you and leads you into something you may have never wanted to do and to someone you may have never wanted to become. And there's all kinds of appetites. Appetites for recognition. Appetites for, for respect. Appetites just, just, to, just to be seen, just to be heard. Appetites, as we've spoken about, for pleasure or for profit or for power. Appetites to win. To win at any cost, no matter who's left in the wake. Those appetites, they are in constant, constant. Uh, what's the word? They're in, in, in constant. It's written there, but I don't, I don't remember it. They're in a constant battle to be the thing that guides you. They are constantly fighting your integrity. And here's the thing about integrity and whether it guides you or not is that for you and me and lean into this, if there's nothing else you hear today, this is what you have to hear. That you will not know if integrity is really guiding you until you have to choose between integrity and maintaining integrity and choosing an appetite or choosing a want to. Let me say it this way. You won't know if integrity is really guiding you until you have to choose ought to over want to, we won't know if integrity guides us until maintaining it costs us. And that's why my prayer for you, honestly, is that your integrity would be so tested that it would cost you, and maybe it would cost you dearly, but that in that moment, you would make the choice of ought to over want to, because in that moment, you will know what you have and you will know where you're headed. The integrity of the upright guides them. I want to pull one other thought out of this first half of this proverb. It says the integrity of the upright, and I think what's so powerful about that is it's really speaking to a posture speaking to a posture, that integrity has a posture. And what we know and we've talked about here before is that your posture, it impacts and influences your perspective, right? Because when you stand up and you, where do you look, right? You look up, you look out, you take the long view, you're able to see. But when you live like, like this and you're living down like this, it limits your options and it limits your perspective. Here. This is about immediate. That's about ultimate. This is about now. That is about future. 
This is about what I want. This is about who I was made to be. What I was called to do. Now versus future. And what God's inviting us to in this and what he's calling us to in this is he's addressing our posture. He's inviting us to live upright, standing up straight today because of how it impacts my perspective and my tomorrow. Not to live here, but to live there. And we get that. We get that. It says the integrity of the upright, it guides them. And then he gives us a contrast. And he says, but listen to this, the integrity of the upright guides them, but the crookedness, really it's the word, the bentness. He's literally contrasting these two postures. The crookedness of the treacherous. That's an interesting uh, translation. It's kind of tricky. I don't know that we've gotten it right well, and that's because we just don't have an English word that speaks to this. But the, this word treacherous, kind of defining this person, it's someone who takes a blanket and covers something up. It's someone who just lives like they're ignoring what's over here. They, they choose. It's not that they fail to see. They choose not to see what's in front of them. They choose to cover up. They make a choice to live like, well, what's over here What doesn't matter. The decisions I make here don't matter. And it's this idea that the crookedness of the treacherous, it destroys the landscape of their life. It destroys it. And again, I think you know this. Because when you think back about your biggest moral failure or your biggest relational failure or your biggest financial failure, what do you know? Where are you looking? Now, not tomorrow. Immediate, not ultimate. Temporary, not eternal. We've all been there. We all know what it's like to have a bent over posture. And while we might not have been aware, or maybe we were unwilling to look there, here we made a decision and we paid the penalty. The integrity of the upright, it guides them. But the crookedness of the treacherous, it destroys them. So again, just back to this question, what guides you. And if you're tempted when it comes to this place where there's tension to compromise your integrity, if you're tempted to lie, or if you're tempted to deflect, or if you're tempted to defend or to explain away, then maybe integrity is not really guiding you. And when it comes to opportunities and situations and circumstances where you're, you're, you're tempted and to compromise your integrity because of who's in the room or because of what room you're in, then maybe, maybe integrity is not really guiding you. And I'm not really inviting you today to do anything about that right now. I'm just inviting you to ask the question. To allow God to really speak to your heart and, and search your heart and show you what's guiding you. Because maybe if you see what's guiding you, it will motivate you to do something about that. I uh, remember one of the things for me, it took me years, honestly, for, to uh, just allow God to show me something that was guiding me. Something that was guiding me and causing me to compromise 
my integrity. And in fact, I would say if there's one thing in my life that has been the most powerful force against my integrity, if there's one thing that has caused me to compromise my integrity, it's this false view of my identity. My identity as a man. My identity is as a man as far as it's defined by my family, as far as what I grew up with or what I expect or this image I have. A man who's self-sufficient, a man who's self-made, a man who is funny, uh, and a man who can tell good stories. I mean, those are the four priorities in our life. Um, and, and I grew up, and it was a good thing. There's some incredible men in my life, but I grew up, and that would become something that would cause me to compromise my integrity. If I was in a certain room or if I was around certain people, it would cause me to talk different. It would cause me to act different, behave different. It would tell me to just bend the truth just a little bit. It would tell me to just kind of, you know, uh, stretch the, the story just a little bit. And I'd get back in the car and Hannah would look at me and just be like, what, are you, what was that? <laughs> Where did that come from? And it took me a while to really be honest and allow God to show that to me. That that was something that was guiding me and leading me. And it was not just, listen, it, it was decisions I was making for the immediate, for the immediate laugh or for the immediate approval or whatever I wanted in that now. But it really was costing me something. It was costing me. Not just my future. But it was costing me the relationships with those who were closest to me. It's costing me my identity. It's costing me my peace. It's costing me an ability to just be grounded on a solid rock. And when God showed me that truth, you know what's so incredible? When God showed me that, here's what I discovered. I discovered there was no magic prayer that I could pray to say, Jesus, please remove this tension and this pressure for me to compromise. And there was no magic prayer I could pray, no words I could say to then wake up the next day and that pressure, I would not have to feel that again. I wouldn't have to make a choice again because that's the thing about integrity. Integrity always invites us to a choice. That ought to, that divine ought to that God has put in your heart, it always invites you to a choice. And when it came to choosing integrity, it meant that I had to change my posture. It meant often I had to kind of choose something that would cost me in the now, in the immediate. And I really had to trust this long view. Let me say it this way, that in order for me to choose, that ought to. It meant I really had to take a step of faith. Then I had to follow Jesus, the very one who prayed the prayer, Father, not my will, but yours be done. And maybe for you, you've never, you just never thought about faith or Christianity or God like that. Maybe you thought that coming to church or doing faith or Christianity, it was just about believing something. But when it comes to Jesus, his invitation the full life, the new life he wants to lead you into, a new life of purpose and of promise and of hope and of peace. It requires you not just to believe something, but to do something. It calls you to follow him. 
And really, when it comes to the issue of integrity, what I learned was that integrity was not about me being stronger or me being more self-disciplined or me being a better person. Integrity was really an issue of who was I going to follow. That integrity and every decision of integrity was a choice. And that very moment of tension was a choice for me to say, who's leading my life? Who am I going to follow? I'll give you this. It's my one thing to know today, and that's this. That integrity and choosing integrity is always choosing to apply what you believe. It's always choosing to apply what you believe. And so integrity is not something that God wants from you so much as it's something God wants for you. Because every time you choose that ought to over that want to, every time you choose that ought to over that appetite or whatever else wants to drive you or whatever else wants to compromise you, every time you choose that, you're taking another step towards the future and the life that God designed for you. You're taking another step towards that promise that he has already paid for, that he already has available to you. Every time, man, following Jesus, we say it all the time. It's a one step at a time lifestyle. It's living not for the here, but for the there. It's living not in the now, but for the then. It's living, it's living, listen, it's living not for the immediate, but for the ultimate that you were always created for. So here's my challenge for you. The next time, the next time you feel that tension, the next time you feel that tension to compromise your integrity, just ask this question, what's guiding me? What's guiding me? And where is it taking me? And I know some of you have been lost this whole time because you're still wondering what happened back there in that ice cream shop, 11 p.m. And I know it would be great to know the answer to that, but I'll be honest. I think it would be better for you to know what would you do when the proverbial bag of cream spills all over your life? What decision will you make? Let me ask you this. When you look back on that moment, what story do you want to tell? Because God's inviting you to tell a great one. To tell a great one. So the next time you're, you're, you feel that tension to compromise, just ask, what is guiding me? Where is it taking me? And what story do I want to tell tomorrow about the decisions I'm making today. And it may cause you to change your posture, and it may cost you something in the immediate and in the now, but it may just save the landscape of your future and the things that matter most to you. Bueno? Man, before I pray for you today, I just want to just cast a little vision if I can. Is that okay? You know, what's interesting about our society and where there's just the opportunities we have right now is that if you want to improve yourself in a hundred different ways, we have a society that is prepared to do that. 
If you want to learn a new skill or a new job skill or, you know, learn, change career paths and get educated in how to do that, there's a, there's a hundred places where you can learn those skills. If you want to become a better golfer, you could probably pay like $49.99 and then for to watch this five-minute video, and then they probably have like 20 more that you could watch too for a small fee. But I'm just saying there's all kinds of opportunities to help you learn new skills, to help you better yourself in so many ways, to help you look better, to help you feel better. But here's my question. What is out there in our society that's inviting you and saying that they can help improve your integrity? Who's out there saying that? I believe that is what this church and the church was always meant to be. A place and a community where there are people surrounding you who are fighting for you, who are believing for God's best for you, who are standing with you when you are feeling compromised and you're feeling that pressure and they're calling you up and they're encouraging you to take the right step in the now for what it can do for your future, for what it's about in the eternal, for what is coming. That's what the church should always be. That's what I think God intended her to be. And that's not just my job. That's our job. That's not just my choice. Come on. That's our choice. And we still have a chance. We're still building this new community. And we get to be a people. We get to choose to be a people who live with integrity, who do what we ought to even if it costs us and it doesn't benefit us who think about the least and the last, not so that they know our name, but so that they know his name, who live in such a way that those who think different than us or vote different than us or believe different than us can still really find Jesus, not because we're doing anything for our own benefit, but because we're doing what we ought to. Come on. Come on, Nuco. Let's be those people. Let's build that church. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey with Jesus. Yeah, and we'd love to connect with you further. And the best way to do that is at our website, thenewcommunity.church, where you can connect to our small groups, find other resources, and even give to the work God's doing through New Community.